What the heck does a wedding planner do? This is a question people ask me all the time when I tell them that I'm a wedding planner. So today I'm giving you all virtually a minute to minute play by play of exactly what I'm doing on your wedding day. So you can decide if you want to hire someone to do all this or enlist the help of a good friend. Hello and welcome to all of you on this week's episode of Ask the Planner. I am your host, Desiree Adams, and today I'm taking you behind the scenes with me on an actual wedding day. Yep, I'm giving you a play-by-play of exactly what I do to prepare for your wedding, and I guarantee, unless you are a wedding planner, you don't even know half of what we do. So for all of my couples that are listening, I hope it answers some questions and gets you thinking about how you want to experience your wedding day. And if you are a vendor, then I know you appreciate us, but I hope this also helps you work with us too. And if you're a planner, I hope today's episode gives you some new tips to incorporate into your wedding day of execution processes. Virtual fist pump to you. You're listening to Ask the Planner. I'm your host, Desiree Adams, owner of Verb Event Co., a company whose mission is to help couples enjoy planning the contemporary, sophisticated wedding they've always imagined. Together with other wedding industry experts, we reveal the crucial details and industry secrets that will help you plan and enjoy your flawless heirloom occasion. So pop your favorite champagne because we have a wedding to plan. Hey guys, it's Desiree. Before we get to today's episode, I wanted to first give a shout out to our sponsors. The first is our own wedding planning template shop. Regardless of where you are in your wedding planning journey, this shop has tons of resources I created specifically for you based on a lot of the tools I use with my own clients. My most popular items these days is the ultimate wedding planning checklist for couples, no surprise there, and the wedding mood board template. The checklist is a game changer when it comes to knowing what to do and when in your wedding planning journey. And for all my decor obsessed couples and fellow wedding pros, the wedding mood board template turns that messy Pinterest board into a cohesive and organized decor roadmap for your day. You can pick up these products and more in the wedding planning template shop at shop.verveventco.com. Again, that's shop.verveventco.com. And don't forget to use my special podcast discount code, which is podcast10 during checkout. Again, use the code podcast10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. The second sponsor of our podcast is The Planner's Playbook. I have been in the wedding industry for almost five years and have been planning and executing events for over 15 years, and I am constantly learning and still trying to level up my game. Candice Coppola, who is the master behind The Planner's Playbook, is also my business mentor, and she has put together an incredible coaching program called The Planner's Playbook. Now, if you want to fast track your wedding planning career, This is your secret weapon to planning, designing, and coordinating magazine-worthy weddings. Seriously. It's designed for wedding planners who are five years or fewer into their business, and it will give you all the training and support you need for a multitude of things, including simplifying your planning process so you have a clear picture of how to work with your clients on any occasion or budget. It will also help boost your productivity with solid systems and processes that make wedding planning easy. I am a spreadsheet queen and Candace's spreadsheets are the bomb.com. 
so amazing. Every month you will receive a new playbook straight to your inbox and it will be filled with tangible and tactile advice on everything from how to plan a attended wedding to preparing client budgets, mapping out your client journey, all of the things. And the last playbook was over 70 pages of amazing information and I'm still going through it. How can you say no to this? Also, the doors to the Planner's Playbook open only four times a year, but you can ditch the waitlist and join anytime by visiting my unique sponsor link. Imagine all of the things you could accomplish if you had the right resources and support to guide you. So if you want to learn more about the Planner's Playbook, head to verveventco.com forward slash Planner's Playbook. Again, you can skip the waitlist and get instant access with my unique link by visiting verveventco.com forward slash planners playbook. Now the last sponsor of our podcast is Lovestream. I have used Lovestream with my weddings and my couples are so happy with it. Not to mention they have excellent customer service, which is huge for me. Now, even though we all thought we would be getting back to a quote unquote normal wedding, luckily Lovestream is a one way, high definition, high quality way to stream your wedding and Help your guests feel like they're still a part of the audience at your wedding, even though they're sitting on their own couch at home. Your guests click on your personal URL and they're able to watch without logging in, downloading an app, or messing with their microphone settings. Seriously, how many times have you been in a Zoom meeting and someone forgot to mute themselves? Imagine if that happened at your wedding. True story. Now, if you are planning a destination wedding, they also offer all-inclusive live streaming destination wedding packages. I really like Lovestream because the platform is so easy to use for any size wedding. But what I love best about the company is their excellent customer service, which starts right when you visit their site and their live chat feature lets you ask questions before and after you book with them. Seriously, it's so amazing. Now, to get 10% off any Lovestream package, visit verveventco.com forward slash love stream and enter the code ask 10 for 10% off. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash love stream and use our code ask 10 for 10% off any love stream virtual wedding package. Thank you again to all of our sponsors and to you, our listeners. Without you, we wouldn't be able to have this show. I couldn't make all this free content without your support. So thank you so much for listening, subscribing, supporting our sponsors, and supporting the show. And now, on to today's episode. Incorporate into your wedding day of execution processes, virtual fist pump to you. Okay, now if you all are new to the show, welcome, welcome. I am so glad to have you here. And if you've been listening a while, thank you so much for joining me today. I am always so curious to learn more about all of you that are listening out there. So if you would love to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, let us know where you are and what you think of today's episode. I would so appreciate it. I read every single one and they just warm my heart and make me so happy. So thank you all so much to those of you that take the time to leave the podcast a review. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They really help the us small up and coming podcasts like mine get found by other couples and vendors that also need help with their wedding planning. So before we dive into today's topic, a quick update from me. My husband is currently watching the NFL draft in the next room. So if you hear something loud, that's probably him either rejoicing about who the Buffalo Bills picked or he's super irritated about who they picked. 
It's kind of a big deal over here, so just bear with me. I think I did a good job of soundproofing the room, but we shall see. Also, I had a tasting today with one of my fall October 22 couples, and we tried their signature cocktails. One of them was this delicious rosemary and grapefruit margarita, and the other was a bourbon and apple cider cocktail. Um, again, it's they're an October wedding. They were so good, and I keep thinking I'm tasting them on my taste buds, even though I left the venue literally eight hours ago. Um, if you are into cocktails, in the next week or so, I am publishing some of our favorite seasonal cocktails, which will work really well for your signature cocktails. So check those out on the blog in a couple weeks. I think it's going to be in like two weeks. Um, speaking of the blog, today's episode show notes can be found at verveventco.com forward slash 64. Again, that's verveventco.com forward slash 64. And now on to today's episode, a play-by-play of what the heck does a wedding planner do on the wedding day. So before we get to the actual wedding day itself, we need to back up a little bit because as planners, we do a little bit of prep, a lot of prep before the day actually arrives. So on Thursday, I pick up our production booklets from the printer and then I add these different tabs for the different sections in our booklets. Um, And like there are production schedule, the run of shows, our floor plans, our decor inventory lists, the seating lists, all of these things. I also plug in our radios so that they are fully charged before we get to the wedding day. I also do other things too, but those are the big things. Okay, so now on to Friday. So 10 a.m., I pack up my car with all of our welcome bag supplies. And actually, guys, this is actually a play-by-play of what I did for an actual wedding last summer. So this is for real. This is actual, like, this is what I was doing at this moment. So this is, you get it. This is real. Okay, so 10 a.m. on Friday, I pack up my car with all of the welcome bag supplies. I do work at the office. Um, get everything ready. And then at 1.47 p.m., I leave for the venue. So then I drive to the venue. Usually I listen to some podcasts on my drive. Sometimes it's something like Noble Blood, which is really gory and weird. It's like, I love royalty, um, but it's how they all died. Um, sometimes I'll also listen to like wedding planning podcasts or business podcasts. But anyways, I think on this day, I was actually listening to Noble Blood. Um, okay, so 2.27 p.m., I arrive at the venue, and then I unload my car with all of the welcome bag stuff, and one of my assistants arrives and helps me also. So at 2.33 p.m., oh gosh, I give a dirty look to one of the hotel guests. It was a really hot day, but we were pushing in all of the wel- the water bottles for the welcome bags, and he literally just took a water bottle from my stack on my cart and helped himself. And I was like, really? You're, you're just getting that from you, the stranger? You have no idea who this is? This is not from the hotel. But anyways, I digress. Um, I was really pissed off and annoyed, though. Okay, 2.42 p.m., we have formed an assembly line in one of the conference rooms, and we are now starting to assemble and staff all of the welcome bags with my assistant. 
So we're doing that for about an hour or so. And at 3.45 p.m., I start rearranging the furniture in the room where the welcome party is going to take place. I ask the hotel staff to combine some of the tables for the bar. And I show them this is where I want the charcuterie display to go. And then I also tell them where to set up the cocktail tables for the party. And then I also hunt down the linens for the cocktail tables for the welcome party. So 4 p.m., I rock over to um, the area where we're going to have our ceremony dress rehearsal, which is so fun because I get to meet everyone in the wedding party and then I get to hug my couple and they're so calm and relaxed and they're wetting their sunglasses and they were doing tours of the Finger Lakes wineries and they're just so happy and they're just like, I'm so happy that the day is here. I'm like, I know, we're so excited. So that's fun. So we run through the ceremony with everybody in the wedding party and their parents. So 4.47 p.m., um, the rehearsal ends, and then I hop back over to the welcome party area, and then I start to steam the linens for the welcome party um, on the cocktail tables. Yes, I steam the linens because, guys, it looks so much better if the linens are steamed or ironed and gets those creases out from it being packaged in the boxes. Yes, the companies for the, from the linen companies do a really good job of packing them really nicely, but those creases... Just look, they don't look bad, but they just look so much better if you steam them out. So anyways, 5 p.m. rolls around and I finish setting up the tables and the linens for the cocktail party. And then I also add the flower arrangements from the florists, which were delivered by actually her husband, who was the videographer. The florist isn't here that night because it's literally just a couple... um, centerpieces for the cocktail tables but her husband is the videographer and he's actually filming the wedding welcome party um so he's there so luckily he was able to deliver them because it would have been like an hour and a half drive just for like seven centerpieces okay so it's 5 45 p.m and i have to ask the hotel staff where the charcuterie board is um because i don't see it yet and the doors are supposed to open at 6 p.m so where the heck is it um and then i also ask the staff to turn on the music for the like the background music on their pa system the bar is all set the bartender is there so that's good so 6 p.m rolls around and the welcome party cocktail hour begins and we open doors and we'll, we're welcoming all of the guests And then at 6.09 p.m., I noticed that the charcuterie display still hasn't been set up and that they're dropping off the hors d'oeuvres on a table instead of passing them. And I'm like, what is going on, guys? They're supposed to be passed hors d'oeuvres. So I ask the staff person about the missing charcuterie display and why they aren't passing. And they tell me that they didn't have enough staff to pass the the appetizers and then they're going to check on the charcuterie display so i'm like i'm getting very annoyed right now at this point um because i've reminded them multiple times um about this charcuterie display and obviously it's also on the beo so anyways 6 13 and the charcuterie display comes out and it's literally abysmal it's on a giant cutting board and that is it and like, it's like on a cutting board that you would serve at a restaurant. It's not a charcuterie display. I think that befits a guest count of a hundred guests, right? Like usually that is like a nice display on a table. It takes it basically the entire table, lots of different options. Literally, this is like on a charcuterie display that's like the size, like the length, I don't know, like a, a foot and a half long by a foot and a half long. Um, so I'm mad 
And so I asked the staff, is that all that they're bringing out? And they say, oh, we're going to, let me go check on that. Because I was like, this is for 120 people. Um, so yeah, go check on it. And I also snap a little picture of the charcuterie board because I'm like, this is not cool. Um, we're going to have to talk about this later. So um, 626, out comes the second charcuterie board, which is also like the same size. And I still don't think it's big enough, but nothing I can do. I bring it up with a couple and they're like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I'm still max. I'm like, this is not cool, but there's nothing I can do. So we move on. Um, but I'm glad that I took a couple pictures of the charcuterie display, which will come up later. Um, Okay, so 6.47 p.m., I check in with my clients and ask if they are still happy to do their welcome speech at 7 p.m., and they say yes. So I just hover on kind of the perimeter and keep an eye on them so I can find them easily and vice versa when it's time. I also am just walking around the room to pick up any, like, trash and putting them on the drop tables. Um, I'm asking the hotel staff to please turn down the music um, because we're about to have remarks and just kind of walking around to make sure everything is cool. Okay, so at 7.02 p.m., I give the microphone to the groom and he starts talking and he gives a short welcome speech and then he hands the mic over to his dad to make his own remarks. Okay, so at 7.04 p.m., I notice that the music is still a little loud outside, even though I asked them to turn it down. So I look for one of the staff members to, again, turn down the PA, and then the remarks end, and then we're all good. So everything is going well. They're taking photos. Everyone's happy. And then at around 7.46 p.m., I move the welcome bags closer to the door so that when guests start to leave, they can make sure that they grab one and go. Um, 8.17 p.m., the cocktail welcome party is ending and wrapping up. So I start packing up the remaining bags and move the extras to the wedding suite so that the wedding party can snack on some of the stuff the next day. And I start boxing up everything else. I also move the flowers to the wedding suite too so that they can enjoy them and then we can bring them back um, after the wedding. Um, okay, 8.28 p.m., I hug the couple goodbye and I head home. And then at 9 p.m. when I get home, I pack up my car with all of my supplies for the next day. And then I have a drink to wind down because it's always hard for me to kind of relax the night before the wedding because I just have like nervous excitement, I guess, and not jitters because I'm just excited, but it usually takes me a little bit to like rest and get ready for bed. Okay. So that is Friday. That's the day before the wedding. And then Saturday, we have the wedding day. So at around seven, I wake up and fix my hair and deal with the kids, you know, get them off to wherever they're going. And so then at 8.27 a.m., I leave for the venue. Again, I listen to a podcast. Um, and and then I'm on my way. Uh, 8.30 a.m., I receive a text message from the florist that says that it's windy and, and they're asking if I could please pick up some sandbags on my way to the wedding. So I'm like, okay, great. That's fine. There's a Lowe's really close by to the wedding venue. So I grab two sandbags, which... It's actually a lot harder to do. They're one, they're $47 each. And two, I had no idea sand was so expensive and so freaking heavy. It was fine. I can lift them. It was not a big deal. But like when I was moving them into the car, I was like, oh, this is, this makes sense why these are used for weights because they're really heavy. Um, so 9 17 a.m., I arrive at the venue and unload my car. 
And then 9.25 a.m., I check in with the wedding party in the wedding suite. Everyone is excited. Um, they're borrowing my, one of my steamers because they forgot to bring it. So they're kind of steaming the jackets and the dresses before the other people get their hair done. This is, I think I've talked about this before, but make sure, guys, that um, on the wedding day, Preferably the night before, which I definitely told them the night before, make sure everyone steams their clothes the night before so that you're not bringing in extra steam and moisture um, into the room on the wedding day because that will mess up your hair. And you definitely do not want to be steaming your dress or your clothes after you've had your hair done because then it makes your curls fall out. So anyways, tip for you guys, make sure everyone steams their clothes the day before the wedding. Okay, so at 9.30 a.m., I arrive at the event space. And then I noticed that the venue set up the wrong tables. So they have these really pretty wooden farm tables that are standard with the venue rental, but they decided to use the folding rectangular tables instead. And we specified that we did not want those because those were... um, uh, eight by 30 inches wide and a 30 inch wide table is really hard to fit um, two people on either side and also all of our flowers. So I hunt down a staff person and I asked them to move in the other tables which are eight by 42 inches wide. So that extra 12 inches goes a long way. And so they said, okay, fine, we'll go find someone to help you guys switch out those tables. So that was around 930. Um, 9.36 a.m., we start setting up the other areas like the gift table, organizing the escort cards, and then we write the number of seats that are supposed to be at each table on sticky notes, and then we put them on each table. So like I write like table two is a 10 top, table four is a 12 top, table whatever. And then um, that, that helps us double check to make sure like there is the right number of seats at the table, right number of place settings, et cetera, for later on. So then the florist arrives, and then at around 9.42 a.m., I plug in my Mega Boom, which is this portable speaker, and then I use my laptop to provide some fun music for us while we're setting up. It always puts people in a better mood to have some fun music, so that is one of my things um, on the wedding day. Also, sometimes I'll ask the venue to do it, too, if they have a PA. Um Okay, so 10.01 a.m., the cake baker arrives with all of the desserts, and this is actually kind of an earlier time for the cake baker to arrive. Um, She had to arrive earlier because she had another wedding later on that was actually her niece's, so she was squeezing us in. Also, we wanted to make sure that she was able to get the flowers um, from the florist so that she could place them on the cake. It was a super humid day. The cake was literally kind of like sweating. We Again, like I think I mentioned this, the venue is right on the water. It's by a lake. And it was humid outside and it was hot. So we had to get the cake inside really fast and not even just inside, but inside a fridge because it was starting to have like these little beads of sweat on the side of the cake. So anyways, she placed the flowers from the florist on the cake and then we arranged all of the other dessert items that could be left out. But we definitely put the cake and the macarons in the walk-in fridge for later so that they did not um, start to sweat and turn into yuckiness. Okay. 10, 14 a.m., no one has come back from the venue to move the tables. So, of course, my staff and I start to do it. And these freaking farm tables are so heavy. And it's a pain in the butt, but it's fine. I just don't want to get behind. So we're like, it's fine. We're strong. We work out. We're good. Um, so we start moving all the tables and we just put the folding tables in a stack that the, the venue staff are going to have to come back and get later on. 
So 10.30 a.m., um, we are steaming all of the linens um, because all of the linens now are down on the correct tables. Um, we've 10.42, sorry, th- those were for the rounds. 10.42 um, a.m., we start um, steaming the linen or putting the linens down on the rectangular tables because those are all switched out. So 10.55 a.m., I text a photo of the two locations that we are considering for our dessert display to our photographers. And I say like, do you guys think that the best spot for our our dessert display is here or here? Normally I usually pick it out and I'm like, this is where it's gonna go. But in this room there were different options and I just wanted them to say, this is a better spot because of the lighting. And so they texted me back and they're like, great, this is is the one that we wanna go with. I'm like, perfect, we'll set up all of the dessert stuff over there. So um, 11.02 a.m., The uh, my assistants are still steaming the linens, which takes a while. Um, but my other two assistants are now folding the napkins so that we can put them out on the tables when everything is done. Um, 11.30 a.m., the photographers arrive and they check in with us before making their way to the wedding suite to start shooting everybody, um, photographing everybody. So we check in, we say, hey, everything is great. And they're super excited. We're like, yay, so exciting. Um, so 11.46 a.m. arrives and I receive text messages from our lunch delivery person that they don't have the salad dressing that one of my assistants requested for her salad. So the, she's like, which one do you want me to get? And I said, like, whatever, you know, get this. And she literally, she she ends up bringing like a craft, like a, a bottle of salad dressing because we were getting it from the grocery store, like Wegmans, their lunch delivery. So my assistant's like, okay, I have this huge extra bottle of Caesar dressing, which was kind of funny. Anyways, so 12.07 p.m., we take a break and have lunch, which is really, really important for me um, and for all my assistants because I'm like, guys, we have to stop and eat. It's going to be fine. Um, it's always hard for me to stop and eat because I'm always like wanting to eat and run. But I'm like, no, we're going to stop and have a civilized, not like a long lunch, but we're going to stop and eat our salad and our sandwiches or whatever because we're, we're going to be up on our feet in literally like 15 minutes. So we take a break, have lunch. Um, I think actually at the, on that day, two of my assistants that were setting up the escort car display um, kept working while we took a lunch break and then we switched out. Anyway, so they, the two assistants that were working on the escort car display, which was this origami fish tied onto string and they were hanging them up. But the wind kept blowing them around, so it was kind of hard for them to arrange the fish. So we figured out that we should just bring in the whole display and finish assembling it inside. And then they brought it out much later, you know, right before the guests arrived, basically. So we had to troubleshoot. Again, like, this is just stuff that happens on the wedding day that you don't know is going to happen. And that's why we come there early, to make sure that we don't get behind. Okay, so 1.17 p.m., the florist leaves um, to deliver the wedding party bouquet. And it's very exciting. Um, we have a little social media moment, I think. Um, so 1.30 p.m., I asked the venue staff when they're going to start setting up the chairs for the ceremony and the flatware and the glassware on the tables. The ceremony isn't until 5 p.m., but I do want to make sure that it's all done in the right amount of time so that the florist can start setting up her stuff around the aisle and the altar, but they don't know where it's going to go unless we have the chairs set up for the ceremony. Um, so usually that's around 2 p.m., but of course, like, I don't see anyone even, like, making their way or starting to even, like, any of their staff to start trickling in. So that's why I ask about, you know, when they're planning to start setting up the ceremony chairs. Obviously, we have it set on our timeline, but... 
things haven't been going as I've been asking for, so I'm just trying to stay on top of it. Okay, so 1.45 p.m., oh, the mother of the bride came into the event space, the dining room, to peek at the room, and then literally she started tearing up when she saw the big floral chandelier hanging in the middle of the room, and she was just so happy. So I walked over, and I gave her a hug, and I told her that we were all just talking about how cute she looked because she was so tiny and so adorable, and we all were just talking about how we all hoped that we would look like her when we were her age. And guys, this mom is just so adorable. She was so petite and had the tallest, craziest shoes on. And we were all like, if I look that fabulous when my daughter gets married, I'll be so happy. But anyways, okay. So 2.17 p.m., the staff do arrive and start setting up the the um, chairs for the ceremony. So 3.12 rolls around and more staff start arriving from the venue, and they are also finishing up the chairs for the ceremony, and then also um, the chairs at the tables, and they finish around 3.30 p.m., which is really cutting it close to me because um, the florist has been waiting for a while. So anyways, um, the DJ has now arrived. It's about 3.30, 3.45. He is setting up his speakers outside for the ceremony and then also for the dancing inside the dinner space. So 3.46 p.m., we are starting to clean up all of our supplies and then start moving all of our stuff into the, the storage, the closets. We're breaking down the boxes or we're stuffing the bigger boxes under tables and hiding stuff. We're just starting to clean up because, um, you know, we don't want to be like rushing. Cleanup is always like we always forget about it. So we're starting to do our cleanup. And then around 4.05 p.m., we start finishing the tables, making sure that everything is straight. We have placed all of the place cards where they're supposed to be. And I'm just adding these little blossoms to the um, place cards to make sure it's like extra pretty. We are also double checking and counting all of the chairs glassware, flatware, et cetera, at each table to make sure that the number is correct. And this is literally like something that my catering catering liaison does. She literally walks around and, and counts like 12 chairs, 12 plates, 12 glasses, good. And then she moves on and then she picks up the, the post-it note that we put there earlier to say like this table's done, moving on to the next one. Because sometimes guys, you know, they're setting the tables and they will forget to, um, they'll miss a glass or a fork because they ran out when they were setting them up and then nobody went back to double check it. So that's why we just double check and double count everything um, before the the doors open. So 4.12 p.m., I check on the couple to see if they're ready for the first look of the dining room. I also check in with the photographers who are shooting the ceremony area to make sure that they're in the room before the couple arrives too for their first look of the room. So 4.17 p.m., the couple comes into the room for the first time and they are just in shock. I can just see them in my my head right now. I always get so excited to show them because they've spent so many months, maybe even years, talking about it and how it's going to look and, you know, envisioning it in their brains. And now they're finally getting to see it all come together right before their eyes. And this couple actually told me, um, because they were a COVID couple and they had to postpone their wedding an extra year um, during the months when we took a break from planning because there was just nothing that we needed to do or could do because, you know, we had an extra year that they would just open up the design guide that I created for their wedding and they would just scroll through it and just get so excited. And they were like, it just tided us over until the big day actually arrived. And they literally looked at it 
hundreds of times, which I was like, that is so sweet. I had no idea. But it was just the sweetest thing that they told me. They would just like, they'd be like, I miss planning the wedding. So I'm going to look at our wedding design and they would just scroll through it and they would just make them happy. So I love that they did that and that they told me that. Okay, so 4.24 p.m., the rest of the wedding party starts to arrive and I ask them to put their purses and belongings um, not in the room yet, like on the side, because the photographer is still finishing taking photos of the room. So it's always um, challenging, I know, when people want to bring in their stuff, but the photographers still haven't taken the photos of the room. And I know that the couple would love to see those photos um, before everyone arrives. You guys heard a beeping. It was because my husband put something in the oven and I was like, seriously? Anyways, hopefully that got mess, you know, taken out um, in the editing. But if not, there was beeping because I think he's had like, I don't know, potato skins or something. Anyways, so uh, 4.20 p.m., our, my production lead runs over all of the ceremony cues and the pronunciations and the music um, with the DJ, just to double check that we're all on the same page. And then it's 4.36 p.m. And I check with the bartenders to make sure that they're passing champagne as guests arrive before the ceremony. Actually, my catering liaison is doing this. I'm checking with her to make sure that they're doing that. Uh, 4.38 p.m., I find the ceremony efficient. And then we get her mic'd up by the DJ and the videographer. And then we make sure that the prelude music is playing um, as guests are walking in. And then it's 4.55 p.m. and we invite the guests to take their seats for the ceremony. Most of them are hanging out in the shade and don't want to go sit in the sun. And this is definitely a thing for outdoor ceremonies, people. So either be prepared for people to not want to sit down if it's a warm day or it's a sunny time because people are just going to be like, no, I don't want to unless I really, really have to. Unless unless they're like, are you sure it's going to start right now? Because I don't want to go sit out there. So you're going to have to prepare to be pushy. Um, but polite to ask us to sit down or just know that you might start a couple minutes late if it's a warm day because people don't want to be sitting out in the sun. Meanwhile, so that's what some people are doing outside. Meanwhile, inside, um, we are also lining up our wedding party. We're reminding everyone to go to the bathroom right now or to forever hold your pee or at least until after the ceremony. So at 5.03 p.m., we double check to make sure that there aren't any late guests. And sure enough, there is a couple sneaking in, which is why I always start my ceremonies five minutes late. Yeah, I start them at like 5.05, 4.35, whatever it is. Like our, like I call it theater time because in theaters, at least at the Kennedy Center, when I worked, when I worked there in DC, that they always started the show five minutes late. Um, because there are always late people. Okay, so 5.05 p.m., everyone is lined up, and I remind them all to smile, and the music starts for the ceremony, and then off we go. You know, I'm doing... Um I'm checking in with my production lead because my production staff person is standing next to the DJ. We're standing with the wedding party. And so I'm queuing everyone at the same time because we're all on radio. It's awesome. Okay. So 5.13 PM. Oh my gosh, guys. During the ceremony, someone's freaking dog runs off the hotel property and into the wedding ceremony. And that has never happened to us before. And so for better or for worse, the dog kind of yips and runs around and then it stops right in front of the mother of the bride and she says, go on now, get. And the dog runs away. I felt horrible and I was mortified. It was fine. It was kind of like a funny little like ha 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 moment. Um, but then we, of course, made a mental note to always have our staff standing by kind of at the entrances and by the boardwalk of the hotel just to make sure that we don't have any future mishaps like that at our weddings. 
5.32 p.m., the ceremony ends, and then we gather everyone back up for the photos. So at the bar, we make sure that the signature cocktails are again being passed, that the hors d'oeuvres are being passed as well. And then, of course, during the ceremony, we moved the escort car display back out onto the patio so that guests could see um, where they were all seated and it wasn't going to be blown away by the wind. Um, we also are moving some of the ceremony flowers. So we had some ceremony flowers lining the aisles and then behind the aisle. And then also the ceremony urns. Um, I don't know why I said that funny. The ceremony urns at the altar. So we're kind of repurposing and moving some of those things because we're not using the cer- them from the ceremony anymore. So we move them to the lounge. We move them in front of the cake table. We move them by the head table, all these different places um, just to be able to repurpose them, which is nice. So back inside the dining room, we are putting the final touches on the tables. We're making sure that everything is straight, that the table numbers are facing the doors that guests are walking in from. And then we're also making sure that the photographer is getting the photos. We are also lighting any of the taper candles. My staff, it's 6.02 p.m., and my staff are guarding the doors to the dining room because sometimes guests want to come in early to put their stuff down, like I said, but the photographer still hasn't finished taking photos. So sorry, we can't do that yet. Um, it's always like a hard job for my poor staff to be the bouncers, but they're good with it. Um, guests are kind of annoyed, but I'm sorry, not ready yet. Um, okay, so 6.10 p.m., like I said, we are starting to light the candles with the venue staff because there's always a lot of candles to light. And I always bring extra lighters with me because inevitably the caterer or the venue only has like one lighter between all of their staff, which just makes it even take longer to light everything. So I have extra lighters and this ensures that we don't get behind and I think we're just faster. So we have our lighters. They have our names on them because I'm like, these are my lighters. They need to go with me to my next wedding. Okay, 6.20 p.m., I check in with the couple to make sure that they're okay to move into the dining room at 6.30 as planned, and they say yes. And then at 6.30 p.m., we open the doors to the dining room, and the guests come in. All of us are stationed around the room um, and by the doors with the floor plans and table assignments so that we we can help guests find their seats in case they forgot to look or they can't tell which direction to go. And I talked about this in my previous episode on seating on how to number the tables but you know as the guests walk into the room we always stand by the doors with our clipboards or our production books um open to the floor plan so we can direct guests like oh you're at table 12 like it's over there to the left or if they're like i don't know where i'm seated so then they are also turned to the um guest list so that they can say like oh adams okay you're at table two Okay, so 6.32 p.m., we are, you know, we've opened the doors and we're also lining up the wedding party on the other side so that we can announce them into the room. So we're putting them in the order that they're in. Um, 6.36 p.m., my production assistant is again reviewing the songs and the pronunciations one last time with the DJ right before he says them just to make sure that they're correct and that the songs are cued for the wedding party entrance, the couple's entrance, and their first dance. They, oh my gosh, it's so cute. They had a special dance choreographed for their first dance. So it had a special musical cut. So it's because they wanted it to end at um, a certain time and not keep playing. So we wanted to make sure that he had, of course, the right song. So, um, and he did. 
So it's 6.38 p.m. and my catering liaison has confirmed with the banquet captain that we are about to do the wedding party introductions and then they can move right into dinner service after we've announced the wedding party and the couple has done their first dance and we don't have any remarks until after the first course has been served. So 6.40 p.m. we announced the wedding party and the couple into the room and everyone just dies at their first dance and it was literally so amazing and I was having such a hard time being professional and not filming it but I still did because I was like this is just too amazing and too good and I think they would like it I, I it's always a thing for me to like not get my phone out um when I'm working because I'm obviously I'm working but um you guys know like in these days of social media it's it's important to have content for future so as long as we're doing our job and we're not supposed to be doing something I think it's okay but I also try to do it sparingly and then not in front of people um because I'm like, I'm working. Um, okay, so 6.43, dinner service begins. Everyone is getting their their meals and they're um, enjoying them. We're, work, we're walking around the room um, just to make sure everyone has what they need. And at 7.12 p.m., after everyone has finished their salad, or at least after the couple has finished their salad, um, we introduce them to make welcome remarks. They did not want to do them right after their dance because they were afraid that they would be out of breath because it was kind of like an energetic, fun dance. So um, so then we introduce them um, by the DJ, and they bring their welcome remarks, or they say their welcome remarks, and then at about 7.16 p.m., dinner service continues with the second course, and then the photographers and the couple sneak outside for sunset photos. Um, 7.26 p.m., the catering staff tells us that we can go to our room to eat dinner, and so we sneak off in shifts because some of us still stay in their room so that someone is always in there in case a guest needs us. Um, so usually my, my catering liaison is the one that stays in the room and she ends up eating a little bit later because we want the vendors like the DJ and the photographer to definitely eat, um, because they're going to have to be back on their feet, um, when the program resumes. Okay. It's 7.37 PM and the catering staff bring out the vendor entrees and I ask them to bring mine out, but not to clear it because I'm still going to be staying in the room for a little bit longer. So I'm like, please don't clear it. Just go ahead and set my um, my dinner up, but I'm not going to eat until the dancing has really started. So just please don't clear it. Um, I don't like. I just don't like leaving the room until most of the formalities have t- been taken care of because I just want to be able to relax and enjoy my dinner. But I, I want to get everything through and done um, before I do that. Okay, so it's 7.40 p.m. and I give a 10-minute warning to the best man and the maid of honor that their speeches are going to start in 10 minutes um, because we've been checking in with the caterer to see like, hey, how's it going? You know, How much longer do you think it'll take, etc. I also tell the parents of the couple that speeches are going to start in 10 minutes, so don't go too far. Go to the bathroom if you need to do that. And then I also remind them that their dances are going to be right after the speeches, so make sure that you're standing by for that, and they appreciate that too. Um, Okay, so 7.55 p.m., the DJ introduces the maid of honor for her speech, which is followed by the co-best men, um, which is actually a longer speech, but we're not going to get into that. Um, So 8.12 p.m., we do our cake cutting and our parent dances, and then we open up the dance floor, and it's super fun. Okay, so 8.27 p.m., once dancing is underway, I go to the room where our vendor meal was served, 
and find that my meal is no longer there. So then I asked the venue, hey, can you let me know um, where my dinner was? You know, sometimes they take it away and put it back under the heating lamps so that it stays warm. But no, they did not do that. They just threw it away or gave it to someone else. But nobody knew where my dinner went. So all I got that night was a salad and I've been on my feet since 7 a.m. I did have lunch, thankfully. I had a chicken Caesar wrap, but by now I'm obviously starving and I'm mad because they put my food away. But alas, what can I do? I'm like getting hot thinking about it, but what can I do? There's nothing I can do. So I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Usually I'm just running on adrenaline anyway. So I grab like a granola bar um, and some, like I think I had pita chips there in my bag for moments like this. Um, and it's fine. So I think I actually got like some dessert way later that night because I'm like, I need to eat something. Um, okay, so 8.45 p.m., someone in the wedding party comes and finds me and tells me that a couple is not happy with the music because they specifically asked for only 90s and early 2000s pop. And the DJ is mixing in some current hits, like, some really fun ones, um, which were I think were good, but they specifically only wanted 90s and early 2000s. So I talked to the DJ and I bring it up to him, which is kind of hard because it's obviously allowed by the DJ's table. Um, so I have to write him a note that he reads while he's mixing. And obviously I feel bad because I want to be interrupting his flow. But I'm like, no, we need to talk about this because the couple is not super happy. They weren't pissed, but they're kind of annoyed. So it's 9 p.m. And so, you know, so so the so the DJ is cool. He gets it. So I'm like, okay, good. We're on the same page. Good. He nods. And we're like, okay, great. So 9 p.m., I say goodbye to the photographers and the videographers. And then I give them their envelopes with their tip from the couple. So at the weddings, I do disperse the tips to all of the vendors right before they leave. I also have them sign my production book, confirming that they received it. And I never had to, you know, show proof that they did. But this fall, it was at another wedding, I had one person, it was a bus driver, claim that he didn't receive his tip. And I was like, nope, I checked my my production book. Like, nope, this is you signing that you got your envelope. So I was able to say, and it was good that I had that. Um, I think it, I don't, it's never like come up before, but I just have it for insurance purposes. And also some people can't accuse me of taking them. And then also people feel good that like they got them, you know, I don't know, very official. So anyways, if you guys do that, make sure you, if you're a planner, you do that as well. So after I've said goodbye to the photographer, it's 9, 12 PM. And I check in with the person from the wedding party about the music. And he says they're still not happy, even though they're dancing, they're on the dance floor, they're having a great time. But he's like, we put a together a Spotify playlist of songs that they want. So just take a look at this list, share it with the DJ. So then I walk over to the DJ, I talk to him again, and he's like, okay, okay, I get it. Like they really only just want this genre and I thought they wanted something else, but yes, like I get it now. And so he changes and kind of like course corrects and and then everybody is happy, so we're okay. The DJ is not fired. We still love him. Um, I think he was just wasn't being as literal. And they're like, no, we literally just want these songs. So it was good. It was great. Um, so it's 9.45 p.m. And my staff and I are starting to kind of pick up the debris on the dinner tables. 
for getting the table numbers, the programs. Um, I can't remember if we had already done this, but we're double checking to make sure that the cards and gifts have been moved into the wedding suite, into the wedding suite, which they had because one of my staff already took care of it. Um, and then 9.52 p.m., we start to count all the table number holders because they were a rental item. And there are these tiny, really heavy gold circle, mm, spherical bases that are incredibly dense so that they don't fall over when the table number is inserted inside them. So guys, if you're like purchasing them off of Amazon or wherever, like make sure you test them out because a lot of times they're kind of, they're just light and the cardstock is heavy. So if you put the cardstock in it, they'll fall over and we'll just have to rest them against a centerpiece, which is fine. But like, why did you buy them in the first place? So anyways, that's just something to think about. Um, but these little gold bases are always so hard to find because they're so little. So we always have to hunt them down. Okay, so 10, 11 p.m., somebody drops a glass on the dance floor, and of course it breaks, and there's water, not water, it's like alcohol, um, all over the dance floor. So one of our staff stands above like this, the puddle just to make sure that no one steps in it and they don't spread the the liquid around. And then another one of my staff people goes and finds someone um, from the venue to get a mop and a broom. Um, and then we start picking that up and then it's 10.30 p.m. and we start to pick up the napkins off the floor and off of the tables and then we're counting them also because they were also a rental and I don't want the couple to get charged for missing napkins. Those are obviously harder to track down than like giant table linens, like the tablecloths. So we definitely count the napkins and then we put them in the bags from the rental company. 10.40 p.m., um, a couple, it was so nice. We were, you know, counting the napkins and one of um, the guests comes and stops by and then just thanks us for a really smoothly run event. And we smile and we bond and I'm so happy because I love it when guests are like, it was really, really nice. And they're pleasantly surprised. I'm like, well, what did you expect? But I'm really glad that they did it. And then we also bonded because I told them that I was leaving for the beach the next day and they're like, oh my gosh, which beach are you going to? And I'm like, oh, we're going to Rehoboth. And they're like, oh my gosh, we have a place there. We're just right close to where you guys are staying and it's cute. Um, so that was nice. Okay, so it's 10.57 p.m. and the DJ plays the last song, which is really sad, but also super fun. So 11.01 p.m. and the wedding is now over. Our staff start to pull the linens off of the tables, stuff them into the bags to return them to the rental company. We blow out all of the candles. Actually, we don't blow them out. We I use a candle snuffer to blow them out because we used to blow them out and even like the votives and then like the wax. I don't know how it happened. I blew out a, a votive candle and then the wax somehow um, like got under my face. So we don't do that anymore. Um, and then the florist comes in and also disassembles all of the flowers and the centerpieces. And then it's 11.26 p.m. and we have to kick out um, some of the guests that are still sitting in the lounge area because we have to bring the furniture inside. Um, it was on a patio, but we have to bring the furniture inside in case it rains um, to protect the furniture and we don't want it to get wet. Now, if you're ever wondering if a renting a lounge is a good idea for your wedding, it is. They're always so popular and people um, love it because they have a nice opportunity to visit with one another and hang out and it's comfortable and the seat are soft and you can put your drinks down and it's really nice. So it's always a great idea to have one of those if you can afford it in your budget. So now it's, we're still cleaning up guys. It takes a while. Um, so now it's 12.05 AM and we're done counting all of the linens 
and we are loading up my car with the giant bags of linens to be dropped off at UPS, or we're hauling them. I think actually at this wedding, we were, no, I took these ones home. Um, but sometimes I'll haul them to, I'll ask the venue, like, where do you want me to put these so that you can put them at your UPS or FedEx pickup spot? And then FedEx will come pick them up from there or the rental company will come. It just depends on who is bringing the linens. Okay, so I f- it's 12.07 p.m., and I find my couple kind of hanging outside the venue um, because it was like a light, like it was a nice big kind of resort area. So they didn't have to leave. They just went to the fire pits. But they realize that, you know, I'm about to leave. And this moment is always bittersweet for me because it's time for us to say goodbye. It's kind of strange because I've worked with them for so long. It's, you know, been over, it's been two years now, almost a year and a half, two years, no, two years. And we've basically been talking monthly, sometimes weekly, you know, as we got closer to the wedding, it was almost daily. And now it's time to go our separate ways. And I kind of feel like a mama bird saying goodbye to her baby birds that are leaving the nest. I'm not going to be there for them anymore to make sure that everything is going to go well. And so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's sad for me. Um, but it's also happy because, you know, it was a great time. It's a great night. They're super happy. And obviously the wedding is finally over and they're just like, it was amazing. So that's always nice. But we hug goodbye and we promise to get drinks the next time that we're in each other's cities. And it's, yeah, it's bittersweet, but it's nice. And then I send them on their way to continue partying with their friends. And then it's 12, 20 p.m. And now I'm climbing into my car for my drive home. And sometimes it's only 20 or 25 minutes. Sometimes it's an hour long drive. It just depends. But I'm usually not sleepy because I'm still coming off of my adrenaline high from the day. I don't drink coffee. I don't drink caffeine because I literally have so much adrenaline from the wedding that I'm just like, I need a glass of wine to just kind of like start to calm down a little bit. But my body is definitely exhausted and so super tired. And that wraps up today's episode on what the heck we wedding planners do at the wedding. I definitely left out some stuff because it was just would have been too many things. Also, I was doing it from memory. But um, it covered a lot, I hope. I think, you know, I didn't think it was going to take that long for me to, to record this episode, but it was a good long length. Um, I know it was a different kind of episode, but I wanted to shed some light on this topic that unless you're a planner, no one knows what the heck we're doing and not even some wedding vendors know what we do. So hopefully that kind of sheds some light on this question for you all. I also hope it helps you all decide if you're a couple, whether or not you want to hire a planner or you want to enlist a friend who I hope you will, whom I hope you will pay to be your lead on your wedding day. There is definitely a lot to take care of to troubleshoot and deal with. So make sure that you enlist the aid of someone, hopefully a professional that you can trust. Of course, as always, if you have follow-up questions or want to talk more in depth about something you heard today, please leave the podcast if I have to review on Apple Podcasts, leave your Instagram handle and what your question is, and I will address it in a future episode and I will definitely follow you back. Um, And then you can definitely be enrolled in some giveaways for next season. Also, while you're there, please let me know what you think of the format. Um, As I said before, we are almost done with season two of the podcast. And we will definitely be taking your feedback into consideration when we come back for season three in the fall. So let me know what you think. Do you like the solo episodes? Do you like the interviews? Do you like both? What was your favorite episode? And how do you feel about the length? Um, 
this was, you know, probably closer to like 55 minutes. Is there a sweet spot for you as far as how long you want to be or you care more about the um, content. So let me know. Also, what topics do you want me to address in future episodes? I have some ideas for future guests, but I always would love to know what would be helpful for you guys. Um, speaking of reviews, let's get to today's review of the day. So this review is by Ula11. Um, and Ula, I don't know who they are, writes insightful, in-depth, and well-rounded five stars. This, oh yay, thank you. This is one of the few podcasts my fiance and I can agree on. Yay! Desiree gives thoughtful and insightful advice on all aspects of wedding planning. She alternates between interviews with vendors and goes in-depth on specific topics by herself. We like both types of episodes because they give the podcast a well-rounded approach. Desiree also brings up aspects of the planning we never thought to consider. My favorite episode was on how to prepare for the wedding tasting. She brought up so much that we need to consider, and now we feel so much more prepared with questions we need to ask our caterer and venue. Thank you so much, Desiree. Keep up the amazing work. Yay! Thank you so much for that review. That is so nice of you, and thank you so much for taking the time to do that. I do love both types of episodes, which is why I do them. I just, I never know, you know, what I feel like when I talk about stuff with vendors, we go in depth into different things. And then obviously I have so much to talk about for my own stuff, like as a wedding planner. So I'm glad that you guys are liking both types of episodes. If you all found this episode helpful, please don't forget to leave the show a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews are so helpful to us podcasters because it helps other listeners find the show. It helps us get ranked higher on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get sponsors so that we can continue making free content for you guys. And if you don't know what to say, just drop me some emojis, an engagement ring, maybe a wedding couple, your favorite cocktails, some champagne glasses, maybe something that represents where you live, whatever. I love emojis, whatever you want. You can even leave multiple reviews if you like. Just tap on five stars and give me a smiley face. The algorithm takes it all. And you don't even have to write any words. You don't have time. Just just leave a review. Anyway, Anything you do helps our little show reach more people, and that's what we want to be doing. That is all for today's episode on what the heck a wedding planner does. For the episode show notes, head to verveventco.com forward slash 64. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I love being here with you. I will see you all in the meantime on Instagram at Ask the Planner Podcast and on TikTok at Verve Event Co. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. I hope it's warm where you are. It's been kind of cold here. I'm really, really tired of it. Um, so hopefully the sun will come and it'll warm up and I will talk to you all very, very soon. Thank you so much for listening to Ask the Planner. To make sure you enjoy planning your heirloom occasion, visit asktheplannerpodcast.com where you'll find show notes and ways to connect with me. And if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit subscribe and please leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so other couples can find the show and plan their flawless wedding just like you.